0: Honourable Members, um, greetings again, Um, we had a very successful, robust meeting earlier on, Uh, but we had to break to attend to the a uh, plenary sitting this afternoon. It has just ended uh,
1: the recording in progress
0: to place and as such stuck in the traffic but will join uh, right. Honourable Jobo, honorable simisa who were in the house physically have also joined honorable fanskalveg also has joined and they were in, in the in the house uh, but I think honorable members will we start. Um, welcome back, honorable members. Uh, we also welcome the um, the chairperson of the board of Agrima SA and the management of Agrima SA, the acting CO or the CO uh, with his or her team, the chairperson of IDT. and and the management of ITT, you are most welcome. We are here to deal with your APPs as we prepare for e-budget votes as this portfolio committee. So we need to look at your APPs and interact with them, engage you and discuss with you on issues that we feel that they need to be changed. You need to tighten the bolts there. In fact, we will be playing our oversight role, given to us by the parliament and the constitution of this country. Those that were not with us in the earlier session, in the morning, uh, you are all welcome. Those that were with us earlier on, you are welcome back, uh, honorable members. Um, We only have two hours uh, by eight. We need to be out of here. Um, Ms. Martinez, we will start with IDT,
1: Uh, the chairperson of IDT, then the CEO of IDT. Good
2: evening, uh, chairperson and honorable members of the committee, management of the IDT and colleagues from other entities. Uh, My name is Zimbini Hill. I am the interim chairperson of the IDT. With me, I have our acting CEO, Tebukho Malaka, our CFO, Ms. Clarinda Simpson, our general manager of strategy, Mr. Chris Muluazi, and our acting executive corporate services, Ms. Moketenyane Moleko. I'm, I'm pleased to introduce to this committee the annual performance plan for the IDT for the year 2022 to 2023 financial year. Honorable members will recall that the IDT has come out of a very difficult period. And although we're not yet out of it, significant milestones have been achieved. Since coming into office in August 2021, the current board of trustees has worked uh, hard to revitalize the IDT and to turn it possibly into a fit for purpose and financially sustainable entity. Our overall goal is to cement the entity's role as part of the infrastructure delivery value chain in our country. As part of these goals, the the board has been working on, amongst other things, the following. We've been working on the reconfiguration process aimed at finding a suitable shape shape and form for the IDT. We've been working on developing a new customer-centric value proposition for the entity. This is part of our customer retention and building and expanding strategy. We've also been working on improving stakeholder relations through regular engagement with our key stakeholders. And this engagement is part of reviving the IDT brand. We've also been trying to generate new business from current and new clients. We've recruited suitably qualified staff and we continue to recruit suitably qualified staff to fill critical vacant positions. Um, We are reviewing the entity's business processes and acquiring enabling enabling technology to improve efficiency. We're also building a values-driven internal culture. The most critical of of all of our activities is working towards improving the audit outcome To realize the goals and aspirations of the IDT as presented in this plan, the entity will require additional support from the shareholder in the the form of program portfolio, which will prevent the IDT from having the occasional dependencies on government grants and financial support. With that said, I'd like to hand over to our acting CEO, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Chair,
0: Ms. Martinisa, can you share the, the hosting rights uh, so that
1: we can see the presentation on our screens? I'm done, I'm done, Chair.
0: Is Mr. Buchar in?
3: He is, but she's still um, muted.
4: Sorry, sorry, Chaperson. I'm trying to share the presentation from
1: my side. Okay. Um, Can everybody see the presentation? Yes, we can. Thank you very much. Let me just start from the beginning.
4: Um, Good afternoon, Chairperson and honorable members and my colleagues. Um, Thank you very much, Chairperson of the board for the opening. Um, My presentation will be focusing on the following. there will be a contents with the following background, planning assumptions, strategic positioning, alignment with MTSF, priorities and outcomes, APP targets and budget and conclusion. Um, I'm not going to dwell much on this slide, on, on our history chairperson. Um, the IDT was established in 19. 19- Ninety and we are still in existence today, although um our mandate changed in nineteen ninety
1: seven
4: and nineteen ninety nine oh. the screen is not moving
1: mm. okay
0: um the I, I, is it Can, moving on
4: your side? Rosa it would ask a, Oh, okay. Okay. Moving chairperson, thank you. Um, the next okay. slide is on the mission and vision. Um, our mission is as, as highlighted on the screen. The IDT is a built environment project management agency which manages and um delivers integrated public infrastructure. I'm not going to touch on it, but as the mandate of the IDT was revised, our mission and vision also changed and we also included the brand promise, which is an assured efficient infrastructure delivery and the the values are highlighted as such. In terms of the environmental context, we try to touch on what affects our environment as the IDT and what makes us relevant. And we are saying that the IDT strategic intent is informed by the following realities. And the fact that um, our country is still facing huge um, infrastructure backlogs and disjointed implementation mechanisms, non-compliance with established delivery systems, implementation inefficiencies, they undermine the demands for the fiscal prudence in the delivery of infrastructure. And in some challenges, there are projects cost overrun, overspending, inflated cost of delivery, and lack of integration and alignment of public infrastructure that lead to insignificant losses. And therefore, as a result of this environmental context, the IDT remains a valuable asset for the state in terms of implementation of infrastructure delivery. And in terms of the IDT operational context, this touches on the background in terms of the p- previous challenges that the IDT faced, chairperson, and members. Um, the entity past challenges had an adverse impact on its revenue, generation, and ability to fund its operating costs, and this threatened um, its going consent status. Although we are still experiencing um, financial sustainability challenges, as highlighted by the chairperson, the entity is working very hard to ensure that we move towards being financially sustainable. And we continue with our client engagement effort to ensure that um, we do have um, good relationship with our clients. And it's so far bearing positive results because we are um, experiencing um, new agreements that we are signing with our clients. And there are efforts also towards the transformation from where we are and where the bot is, is taking the IDT in the form of the reconfiguration of the IDT. And the previous challenge was also on our ICT challenges and the organization is currently making sure that we are addressing these challenges and the entity is also expediting the acquisition of human resource capacity. Um, There have been a number of positions that have been advertised as highlighted by the chairperson. Our planning assumptions, and I will touch on the external environment, which are the external conditions necessary for the plan to be successfully executed. And this includes our long-term sustainability and certainty of the mandate. Um, the IDT retains its mandate and its status as a program implementing agent and an entity of government, and also touch, I will touch on the corporate form and identity. Um, the IDT will remain a Schedule II entity for at least the next three years, irrespective of the proposal for a new corporate form and changes in the corporate form may be introduced during this period. However, this will not significantly affect or alter the role of the entity as a program implementing agent for government. Um, The going consent status, we will remain a going concern for the next three years. Financial injection will be sourced to fund critical areas of operation to improve efficiencies and financial surplus or at least break even point. Although we are highlighting that we are moving towards increasing our portfolio. There are problems now where we will need a bit of financial injection until we get there. But you will see as I present our targets that we are aiming to achieve a certain portfolio that will assist us to break even and also uh, ensure our in, um, financial sustainability. In terms of our business portfolio, the IDT will attract sufficient value of business portfolio year on, year on. execution of secured program portfolio will enable the entity to financially break even and ultimately generate operating surplus the internal environment touches on the following which are the conditions necessary for the plan to be successfully executed is the delivery capacity enabling technology as i have highlighted our businesses processes because currently we are redesigning our structure and processes to ensure that we are able to service our clients appropriately. And we are also looking at the organisational culture. You you'll remember that with the previous challenges, um, the culture of the organisation was affected, especially with the high turnover of the executive level within the organisation. And we are also looking at attracting um, qu- um quality personnel. Um, ensure that we retain the skill that is there where it's necessary, but also attract new skills um, where there is a need. Um, In terms of strategic positioning, um, the following slide touches on the pillars of the three-year st- um, strategy. I'm not going to dwell much on this slide, but the, the, this includes our client environment, the services that we as the IDT offer to our, our our clients, our capability to ensure that we deliver on those services, and also the revenue that we will generate to make sure that we are able to be financially sustainable, and also to be able to spend on the infrastructure grant that we will be implementing, and also contribute to the B.E. and designated groups, and also in terms of functional assets. Moving on with the pillars of the three-year st- strategy also includes building an organizational cap- capability that is fit p- for purpose. Um, we, we, we need to transform the entity into an agile organization which will respond to the customer needs and also design and structure the organization to deliver on its brand promise. Um, the other one is on um, refocusing and streamlining the client service offering, ensuring that as the IDT, we develop a portfolio of market segmented services and delivery channels, which delivers on customers' value proposition, and also reconstru- reconstitute our contract management and income income stream system and processes. The current challenge now is on our contracting model. Which um, doesn't assist us to um, collect enough management fee to ensure that we are financially sustainable, and there are discussions with treasury on the revision of our management fees so that we become financially sustainable and also be able to deliver quality social infrastructure on time, within budget, and on scope and end scope. Um, The last one on the pillars is secure the entity's financial sustainability by growing our revenue streams. I have touched a bit on this and also adapt our SCM processes to align with the client services and compliance requirements so that we we become efficient and effective in the delivery of our infrastructure. However, following the um, legal processes in terms of the PFMA and the Treasury practice notes and our policies. Implement the reviewed uh, contracting model to ensure financial sustainability, like I have said, when we are contracting now with our client, we are reviewing how we we implement and also how we collect our management fees to ensure that we become financially sustainable. There's a bit of an issue with the contracting model in the sense that we can only recover our management fees once there's expenditure, which becomes a problem, because if that client withdraws the project before expenditure, they don't take note of the milestones that the IDT had done before um, the expenditure, and as a result, IDT ends up um, using its own resources, but not benefiting in terms of the stages. So we are moving towards the clients paying us in stages for every stage that we complete, then we'll be paid our management fee so that we improve the financial um, 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 financial status of the organization. And also on our data collection, I'm sure members, you are aware that a number of clients still do owe the IDT and as a result, we're not able to pay our service providers. It's something that we are working on. Um, Although the status have improved since the appointment of the board last year, but it's something that we need to monitor very closely and also also ensure that um, our legal costs are at the minimum because we had a huge litigation bill. However, we are working on reducing that litigation bill. In terms of alignment with priorities and outcomes, Um, The outcomes and MTSF priorities alignment, I'm not going to touch much on this chairperson, but it highlights the impact that the IDT will have in terms of the national development plans, the uh, Department of Public Works and Infrastructure outcomes, because they are our our mother um, department, and therefore we have to uh, contribute to their priorities as well and achieve um, the IDT outcomes as well. I will dwell much on our APP targets, Chairperson. Um, in terms of our APP targets, the first outcome is on increased access to quality social infrastructure. And this touches on how we will be implementing our projects. And the first one is completed projects on time, uh, projects completed within budget, which um, with the previous target, it was 75, and we are still maintaining that. However, we are increasing that target in the subsequent year so that we continue to improve. This taking into consideration the current challenges and making sure that at least we, we have a, um, a standard set on, on completing projects on time and also within budget. And also we have targeted to achieve 21 new or replaced facilities looking at the portfolio that we have now. And also um, we are looking at um, targeting 25 non-Greenfield social infrastructure facilities that comply with infrastructure norms and standards. And we have also um, outlined the targets for the outer years. In terms of outcome two, which is a transformed, um, transformed built environment, um, chairperson and members, um, we are looking at building the capacity of our previously disadvantaged contractors and with the program of contractor development program. So on this outcome, we are looking at um, how many um, contractors will be developing um, in terms of a project allocated to I think I, I jumped a slide. Let me just check. Yes, it starts here. Yeah. Um, the outcome to the first slide is on transformed built and environment, which is our triple B expenditure. And we are targeting 75% of the portfolio that we will be having. And then also on the contractor development um, contractors panel, we are targeting 60 contractors. I just want to give a brief background on this one. Um, the contractor development program is a three year program and the last participant finished in the last financial year. And therefore we have already sent out an advert for new participants for a period of three years. Now this relates to the number of contractors that will be on the program for 2022 and 2023. If you look at the target, it remains the same for the 22 and 23 and the outer years because we will be developing the same contractors for a period of three years. And then on the target of women contractors participating in the contractor development program, this is a, the percentage of out of the contract uh, participants, we will target 40% to be women, 30% to be youth, and uh, 2% to be people with disabilities. And when we come to the number of projects allocated to contractor development program chair, if you look at our target, it's zero because the first year normally we train them um, before we can allocate projects. And then in the second year, once they have received the training, they are then able to get projects allocated where so they can implement the training that um, they have been um, exposed to. So, in terms of our plan for the uh, contractor development program, the first year it will be training the 60 particip- participants, and then the um the second year will be then allocating projects and um monitoring them and supporting them and and mentoring them to be able to move from one grade to the next. The next target is on uh, contractor development participate, contractor development contractors graduated from a CIDB higher grade designation. So this talks to what I've been saying to say, once we allocate projects, we must make sure that they move from one grade to the other, taking into consideration the training that they would have received. So for the first year, it will be training. And then the second year, it will be allocation of projects and then assisting them to move from one grade to the next. Um, The third outcome, it will be optimized job opportunities. And this relates to the opportunities that we create through our social infrastructure projects and also our EPWP program. Now, on the construction work opportunities, we are targeting 5,100. In the previous year, 2021 it was 3,000. We have increased it, and it's also increasing in the outer years. With regard to EPWP, it's 64,000. It remains the same in line with the service level agreement. However, Chair, it does not mean we will only um, ensure that we, ta- we 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 raise this actual. We target sixty four. However, we normally over achieve this target. But in terms of the civil level agreement, the minimum that we have to reach is
0: sixty four thousand.
4: Um, the next one is on a compliant and fit for purpose entity, and it relates to our financial sustainability chair and members. It relates to the business generated. Um, out of this we target to, we, we aim to target 3.5 billion of, this, we have 3.5 billion of confirmed business and we are targeting to achieve 965 million of new business and the value of new business generated from national programs will be 1.7. from provincial will be 9.6. Now normally out of the business that we have generated, um, there's a target for expenditure and we we aim to achieve 5.27 billion of expenditure. Now there was a calculation that was made to say for us to break even, we need a minimum of 5 billion portfolio to break even and also start generating um, reserves. So with this um, value of program spent of 5 billion, we are to um, ensure that we remain financially viable, which will assist us not to re- seek any grant funding from government if we achieve th- this portfolio and increase it over the years. And out of this uh, 5.7, $5.2 billion, we aim to collect management fee of 90% from this. Um, we 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 aim to collect ninety percent of management fee because in a financial year it's not normally possible to spend hundred percent of your um, um, program because um, some clients will bring the program late in the year and not at the beginning of the year and you find that the programs moves at different stages and therefore we cannot target, we cannot achieve hundred percent of our uh, management fee collection. And then in terms of the target of compliance with legislative requirement, we intend to co- fully comply with legislation, especially on payment of invoices within uh, 30 days, and also percentage of compliant overhead invoices that will be paid within 30 days. Um, Chair, I will turn over to the CFO for the financials, which is the three coming slides. Thank you, Chairperson.
5: Thank you, CEO. Thank you, Chairperson. Good evening to the members and the minister. I trust that I am audible. I've got a few connectivity issues. Okay, um, my name is Clarinda Simpson. I'm the CFO of IDT. Um, just as an introduction to our budget that supports the um, the targets for the next three years. The budget is a three-year projection, um, and we've also provided for a projection for 2022, 2023, and the next three outer years. The planned, uh, uh, the main components of the budget are planned program expenditure, uh, as indicated on slide 24, revenue, which is derived from management fees, operational expenditure, and capital expenditure. So um, if we look at the current slide, We've got a budgeted program expenditure of 4.5 billion. It's made up of two categories of program expenditure, uh, social infrastructure and EPWP. We've budgeted for a total staff complement of 247 staff. And our average gross management fee rate is 5% based on our portfolio of of projects and, and planned projects and then our budgeted management fee which is uh, derived from our program expenditure at a rate of an average rate of 5% is 267 million for the current financial year that we are in 22 23 and then for the next three outer years it is as indicated on the slide and yeah that uh, includes our revenue derived from management fees the 172 million um, revenue from EPWP, uh, $90 million, and then other income, which is interest and uh, income that we receive from um, tender deposits. And then for the current year, we have not budgeted for any grant uh, funding uh, because of uh, lack of confirmation or guarantee from the shareholder with regard to grant funding. So our total income is for the current year, $22,23 is $267 million, and then the projected totals for the outer years as indicated on the slides. And then our operational expenditure for the current year 22-23 is 358 million. And it's
1: comprised of, if we can move to slide 25, Okay, on slide 25, we've got uh, operational expenditure of
5: $358 million for the current year and then for the outer years as reflected. Um, just to highlight that the biggest component of our operational expenditure is our salary bill. It's made up of the, the current uh, payroll or salary bill, which is the $131 million. And then we've also provisioned for new uh, employees um, as indicated on the slide. Uh, To the extent of 56 million, and then um, also recruitment of project managers. So that's 10 million. So if you look at the outer years, we've provisioned for an annual increase as well uh, in terms of the guidelines provided
1: when we were completing the the MTF projections. And then um, just to highlight
5: some. material amounts. We've got uh, expenditure provided for litigation fees. Um, We find that the IDT is a defendant in um, a number of litigation cases, and the root cause for that is basically uh, cases that have been initiated by uh, suppliers due to either late payment by IDT for services rendered or non-payment. And uh, that is because of delays that we experience uh, in terms of transfers of payments from client departments to the IDT, or in some cases, non-payment at all. And as a result, we find that we uh, we find ourselves in a lot of legal disputes, which attract uh, a lot of legal fees. So we've provisioned for that for the current year and the three out years as well. We've also provisioned for external audit fees uh, to the extent of just under 11 million, and then it increases with inflation over the outer years as well. We've also provisioned for um, organizational uh, redesign to the extent of 5 million. It's reflected as restructuring costs on the slide. So we've provisioned for that in the 22 23 financial year because we are currently undertaking that, uh, that, that project. And then as well, we've also provisioned for. Rent. Some of our regional offices are renting um, um, office space, and those regions are basically uh, Northwest, Eastern Cape, Limpopo, and KwaZulu-Natal. The rest of our regions are either um, currently sitting at head office, for example, Gauteng, and then the remaining regions like Free State and Pumalanga, Northern Cape, Western Cape, are uh, basically occupying DPW uh, offices or premises. And then another item that is also uh, basically standing out is other operating expenses. So what's sitting in that figure is basically your um, general um, operational expenditure items like your bank charges, your catering, your recruitment costs, your resource costs, uh, which relates to, for example, internal audits outsourcing some of the um uh their audits uh it audits uh, review of financial statements wherever they lack uh internal expertise then they outsource so we've provisioned for such expenditure and uh, other operating expenditure and then also uh trustees remuneration stationery and printing and other fees like storage costs etc and then um We've also got uh, consultant uh, costs or expenditure provision for, and that relates to a number of projects that are being undertaken that were initiated at the board's threat planning session. For example, enhancement of your IT systems, and um, we basically automating our supply chain management system to improve turnaround and efficiency of projects, and then also looking at automating our billing systems, et cetera. So we're also looking at... Um, uh, automating uh, the management of our programs and projects as well. Um, okay, so um, if you look at the bottom line, um, after we, uh, we can move to the next slide. Okay, so um, before we actually provide for for CapEx, or capital acquisitions, uh, we're sitting on a deficit of 91 million for twenty two twenty three. 23 And then it sort of decreases uh, in the next three outer years, which is uh, sort of a positive reflection. And um, we provision for CapEx items as well. For example, uh, due to a lot of load shedding, we need to ensure business continuity. So we've provisioned for things like generators, uh, uninterrupted power supply, which is a UPS. We also uh, provision for project management system, which is currently lacking at IDT. Um, This will assist us in terms of monitoring and managing projects, uh, improving turnaround time, ensuring that um, we collect uh, management fees timelessly in terms of work in progress as well. Uh, We've also provisioned for um, acquisition or enhancement of CCTV equipment. Uh, Currently uh, our CCTV cameras are faulty and not giving us uh, assurance from a security perspective. So we are upgrading in that regard. And then other IT uh, equipment like your laptops for new staff that are coming, we've provisioned for that for the current year and outer years as well. And then we're also doing a lot of maintenance um, at the current uh, head office building in Pretoria. And we've provisioned for that as well uh, to the extent of 5 million and then of the decreases in the outer years. And then in total, after we deduct all the uh, operational and CapEx expenditure from your, your income or your revenue, Uh, we get a net deficit in the 22, 23 year and the outer years. We start on a deficit of 107 million and then it sort of uh, decreases over the next three years. And then in the the fourth year, we basically break even. So uh, at the bottom of the slide uh, I've indicated required additional uh, projects to break even. So in order for the IDT to actually break even if uh, we are not basically Getting uh, financial assistance from uh, the shareholder. We would need additional project expenditure, program expenditure to the extent of 2 billion, 2.1 uh, billion in the 22-23 financial year, and then $1.6 billion uh, in the next year, and the outer years $1.4, and then in the last third year, outer year. Uh, we don't need uh, any additional program expenditure because we would be breaking even on our own. So that is the current uh, planned uh, expenditure or uh, budgeted projections uh, for the current year and the next three years. We can go to the next slide. So on this slide, I, I think I've spoken to most of the, the the critical issues on this slide. For example, uh, the fact that um, program expenditure is based on estimated contract work to be carried out, and then also that's the basis for which we derive our management fee. Then the second bullet point talks to additional um, program expenditures that we require in order for us to break even and to be self-sustainable. And then the last bullet talks to uh, the shortfall that we currently experience when budgeting um, for for income and expenditure uh, where IDT is standing alone without uh, government assistance or shareholder assistance. So in the last uh, bullet we indicate that um, the funding requirement is 107 million for the 22-23 year 83.9 million for the 23-24 year uh, 71.9 million for the 24-25 year and then nothing required in the 25-26 year because we will have sufficient income in terms of management fees to cover our operational and capex expenditures next slide So this just indicates what I've already alluded to earlier on in my presentation to say that on average, uh, management fee is calculated at 5% of program expenditure, 8.5% for EPWP. And then I've indicated that we've provisioned uh, at least 5% uh, inflationary adjustment uh, over the the, the current year and the outer years uh, with regard to employee costs and then project uh, related travel accounts for 60% of the budget and 40% relates to administration. That's where we
1: budgeted for travel expenditure. Uh, We can go to the next slide, please.
5: Okay, so I've also indicated that at head office, we're currently doing a lot of uh, remedial work, um, especially with regard to the walls uh, in the premises, the building itself. So we've provisioned for that. Also, we've got a bit of electrical challenges. So we've provisioned uh, for ensuring that our wiring is compliant and that we get a a certificate of compliance. And then uh, we're looking at um, basically um, improving uh, our IT uh, processes and uh, providing for fiber to improve our connectivity and also to ensure efficiency. We've got a lot of systems that we use at the the IDT, a lot of them um, that are dependent on integration to the main systems, like your ERP systems, your Great Plains. So without proper uh, connectivity, uh, which is dependent on on proper um, IT infrastructure like your fiber, Um, then you have challenges in terms of uh, operational efficiency. So IT is dealing with that, and uh, we've got a project underway in that regard. Um, I've mentioned or spoken about the project management system that will assist us in improving effectiveness and efficiency related to the core business. And then a consultant's costs, I've touched on that as well. A lot of projects underway as a result of a board decision taken at a strategy session. And then external audit fees is something that we budget for on an annual basis because of the AG's mandate to come and uh, audit us on an annual basis in terms of the Public Audit Act. And yeah, next slide, please. Ah, yeah, that brings me to the end of the financial presentation. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, thank
4: you, Chairperson. Um, in conclusion, Chair, um, we are recommending that the portfolio committee takes note of the IDT corporate annual performance plan for the year 2022-23. Thank you, chairperson and members.
1: Thank you, um, CEO and, and the chair
0: of IDT. Can we then get a presentation from Agrima SA? Akrima SA. We will will interact with your presentation after we have received the one from Akrima SA. Over to you.
6: Okay, I think I thank you, Chair. Uh, good evening, Chair, and uh, uh, members of the Portfolio Committee, uh, and uh, uh, the Minister and colleagues. Uh, My name is Jeffrey Mahachi, and I'm the acting chairperson of Agroma South Africa. And with me tonight is uh, the CEO of Agroma, Mr. Richard Somanje, who is going to take us through our APP for 2022-23. Just a few issues that I would want the members of the portfolio committee to note uh, are the major initiatives that uh, Agroma South Africa is going to undertake in the year 2022-23. And these are related to the new business initiatives in line with our mandates. So the two critical uh, projects that we'll be embarking on is actually the eco-labeling system. And uh, with this project, we actually hope hope that uh, the project will assist the nation in addressing indoor air quality and environment uh, of most of our building products. Um, and we are also hoping that the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure will incorporate the specifications that we are going to develop in their own specifications. The second major project that we will be undertaking is actually the uh, incorporating the um, uh, development of the green rating tool for public buildings. We anticipate, again, that this project here is going to be uh, used to... Star rate all the public works buildings, and the CEO gets into more details around that. But most importantly, as we uh, uh, have seen over the last year or two uh, due to the pandemic, I think that AgroMass of Africa is one of its key mandates to support policymakers to minimize the risk associated with the use of innovative building technologies. With that, I think that uh, 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 this year. uh, 2022-23, 2022-23, is uh, is going to see Agroma making a very big impact for and going to show its relevance in some of the uh, uh, the disasters that have actually occurred over the last few weeks. In particular, I'm talking about uh, uh, what has happened in KwaZulu-Natal. And again, Agroma South Africa is and has engaged with the shareholder to assist in the usage of innovative technologies in, in that province. This may not actually come through the, through our presentation for 2022-23 because these events actually happened recently. But it is something that Agroma is going to actually assist in ensuring that human settlements are delivered faster and other social infrastructure is actually assisted in the KZM. With those opening remarks, uh, Chairperson and colleagues, I would really like to hand over to the CEO to take us through the details of the APP 2022 twenty three. Over to you, uh, Richard. Thank you, Chairperson.
1: Thank you, Chairperson.
7: Uh, may I uh, have the rights to present. Uh, Good evening, Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee and the Honourable Members.
1: Just want to share the presentation.
7: Good evening, Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee of Public Works and Infrastructure, Honorable Members, the Minister, and the Chairperson of Agrima, South Africa, as well as IDT, colleagues from Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, ADT, IDT, and colleagues, all protocol observe. Today, we're presenting the Annual Performance Plans, for Agreement South Africa 2022-2023. Uh, Our presentations are outlined as follows. Well, we'll look at the business continuity strategy due to COVID-19, the annual performance plans in terms of the overview by the minister. We'll look at the Agreement South Africa Act requirement. Uh, in, an, in an overview way, an alignment to NDP, National Growth Plan, as well as an alignment to detail, uh, Department of Public Works and Infrastructure strategic outcome, as well as the priorities. We'll look at external environmental analysis, the strategies to respond to those environment, access initiatives, organizational structure, and financial and budget, as well as the programs and objectives.
1: Chair, as I
7: continue to observe the protocol regulations in terms of the return, Staff to members to office. And ASA applied the business continuity strategy in which incorporates the use of digital platforms uh, to hold meetings. And we also require staff to wear masks when they are in the office at all times. And we also apply digital options in various areas of ASA operations. And then we provide end sanitizers at the strategic locations as well as managing office space by making sure that the configurations allows for physical distance and in the common areas. And we also noting that in terms of the overviews by the minister that this uh, annual performance plans are Several key objectives in terms of strengthening the organizations which is ASA and enhance its core deliverable capacity, improve its operational efficiency and sustainability. And we also support the broader economic social objectives of the Ministry of Department, Public Works and Infrastructure, in which this entity is a standalone. And it is acknowledged that with only eight years remaining to achieve our targets is that uh, that has been stipulated in the National Development Plan 2030. We also uh, fallen short or significantly short in achieving them. And therefore all uh, interventions that will tackle unemployment and poverty by supporting the designated groups will go a long way in terms of introducing their products and systems uh, which will be uh, ready for the market. I only dwell much, uh, Chair, in terms of the object of asset because it's what is contained in our mandate, but it's important, Chair, to also emphasize what are the requirements of the mandates in terms of our functioning as an So we exist to make rules determine the processes, procedures, and forms and relating to the issuing amendments, suspensions, and restatements, withdrawal, as well as the renewal of agreement certificates. It is also important that to note that we also issue certificates in the prescribed format it is, if it is satisfied that non-standardized construction-related product or system is fit for purpose subject to the payment of the required fees. We monitor such certificates and, and manage the renewal of all the certificates and also establish and maintain a public register of the applications rejected, Certificates issued, amended, and suspended, reinstated, withdrawn, and re- renewed. We're also noting the seven national priorities as stipulated by the President. And ASA fully supports these initiatives and believe that the fit-for-purpose certificates awarded to organizations will contribute towards the economic development, thereby indirectly supports the seven priorities. Chair, what we are reflecting here is our uh, shared outcome in terms of the sector as it's an infrastructure-led growth, whereby the department together with its four entities as well as the provincial departments work together uh, under the uh, public works infrastructure sector to lead uh, these initiatives of ensuring that There is a transformed built environment. There is an integrated planning, sustainable infrastructure investment, productive assets, and optimized job opportunities. We further articulate in terms of how agreement link its outcome to the department as is highlighted in orange in those three blocks to the department that led to the outcome of the uh, government as well as the seven national priorities. criteria as it's also focused on yeah, as an inno- center of innovators and the stakeholder confidence we also highlight in terms of how we optimize the use of non standardized products and systems as well as the application of quality management uh, systems to ensure that those products uh, systems that are uh, administered by the certificate holders are uh, managed in terms of their quality management systems these contribute to the build, uh, transform, build environments. That translates to or the shared outcome of the departments translated to the government outcome, feeding to the national priorities. We looked at the board of ASA, which is supported by the four uh, committees, which is an uh, audit and risk committees, human resource and remuneration committee, technical certifications and compliance committees, as well as an industry advisory committee. These four committees support the board in achieving its mandate. I wouldn't dwell much in terms of the vision, mission and values of us are remain the same. And our external environment analysis is that we operate within the built environment sector of South Africa. And we, um, uh, we have an oversight is our board, which is an accounting authority, and ASA report to the Parliament through the Office of the Executive Authority, that is the Ministry of Department of Public Works and Infrastructure in terms of the Public Finance Management Act. The activities of ASA are aligned to the mandate of the organization in which in line it's aligned to the Department of Public Works and the national priorities. The activities of ASA are impacted by the macro economy as well as the state of the built environment industry generally and the construction sector, especially the housing construction in particular. The strategies responding to the external environment is that in the next medium term strategic framework period, ASA will continue to focus on these following areas the issuing, amending, Suspending, reinstating, withdrawing, or renewing of agreement certificates. The awareness program on non standardized construction related products or systems certified by us. Encouraging innovations in respect of technical, socio economic, and the regulatory aspect of non standardized construction related products or systems certified by us. The monitoring and evaluations. Quality management systems of the certified construction-related products and system, and therefore also supporting and promoting the introductions and the use of certified non-standardized construction-related products or systems in the local as well as the international market. We also touched in terms of how we implement the eco-labeling scheme. Where ASA is a competent body to undertake these schemes for government buildings and products in a renewable period. The eco scheme will address aspects such as indoor air quality, the comfort, environmentally friendly, material as well as energy resource conservation. The eco will be incorporated into the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure Standard specification for construction-related works. We're also going to be administering the green rating tools for public buildings, whereby us is mandated to rate the public sector buildings using the green building rating tool that is being, currently being formulated. This will further present an opportunity to rate the current public buildings, where the new buildings shall be built according to the set standards and thus contribute to the green economy. And us has got the strategic links with the members of the World Federation of Technical Assessments Organization, commonly well known as WAFTAO. We've got our sister companies, uh, public entities in terms of uh, CITB, CBE, National Home Builders Regulation Council, South African Bureau of Standards, as well as
1: the government. The organizational
7: structure of Arthur, which is led by its it's got this chief executive officer and three executive uh, the cfo executive manager technical services and corporate services Here below we also indicate our medium-term expenditure in terms of our budget looking at the 2022 2023 whereby we start in the current year we are looking just shy of three million of the revenue that will be generated in the current year and it increase at an inflationary rate in the outliers. And in terms of our uh, uh, revenue generations, in terms of issuing the, the uh, administrations of certificates, we generate will generate 1.2 million, and our project management will generate just half a million. And the investments in terms of our surplus funds it's uh, it's needed to generate just over a million, including the 34 million that is the transfers and it will be 37 million that is our total budget. And out of that total budget, we expect to spend uh, to the tune of 25 million, that is the compensation of employees built between uh, 50% uh, that is the administration and the other is the technical that is a mandate driven and uh, that will be the 10 million will be spent on the provisions of goods and services and then the depreciations and uh, also over the period in the outer years. Our programs and program objective chair we, in the current year we plan to achieve six the labeling schemes that is under our indicators is that the number of equi-labeling schemes our plan for the full program is to achieve 11 schemes and this is the last batch of our schemes that we will now start to sweat these projects in terms of uh, using these schemes to generate revenue so as to be self sustainable and in terms of the agreement uh, certifications projects managed and finalized within the time frame, we plan to assess 87% of the projects and uh, completed within the time project time frame in the
1: current year.
7: In, with regard to the number of agreement certificates issued in the current year, we plan to uh, issue 20 agreement certificates that will increase in terms of almost just shy of uh, 2, 5%, uh, 20% over the outer years. And we also want to issue the report, uh, Chair, that will start to tell us the impact of what these certificates are uh, having in, in our community and the South Africa at large. And in that case, we plan to issue five, uh, four reports that will tell us the impact of these certificates in various categories. We also plan for the first time, Chair, as a new uh, uh, indicator, the number of agreements to be signed with the specifiers uh, to specify agreement certificates products and systems in their B2 specification. In this case, Chair, what we want to achieve is that we want to participates on uh, various uh, specifiers bid BIDs committee to um, introduce the innovative products that uh, have been uh, certified by agreement. So as they include it in their specification, when they issue the BID documents in that way, we will uh, uh, safely introduce the use of innovative products. And uh, we plan to start with two. It will increase with time over the years. and. Uh, During the course of the year, we also plan to do the quality audit and compliance uh, for 90% of our certificates in use. Our current certificates in use uh, is sitting at 207 certificates, Chair. In terms of the administrative objectives, we plan to uh, have a clean external audit without compliance issue, Chair. And in as far as the compliance with the supply chain, we plan to spend our budget, 96% of our approved budget, we plan to spend that. And all these 96% we plan to spend without having to pay our service providers within the 30 days. And we also plan to have a zero irregular expenditure in our spending of our 96%, as well as the zero fruitless and wasteful expenditure in our quest for spending this budget. We also plan to uh, empower our staff in terms of provisions for training. That will be an employer initiatives. So as uh, we create an institutional memory that will make sure that uh, this institution Indicates the training that needs to be achieved uh, during the period, and achieve that. The two, these two uh, targets uh, it came as a result of having to look at how we can prioritize the economic reconstruction and recovery plan, um, as it's a, a project that is currently underway, and on that, uh, Agrima is looking at the outcome of industrialization and growing the productive economy by um, conducting a number of training. Uh, this training is directed uh, to um, the prospective tenderers in terms of how they can complete uh, tenders that uh, ASA is advertising because time and again, whenever we advertise, the response is not that good. Uh, and we acknowledge that ASA is uh, always at best advertising tenders that are very technical in nature. But we also want to see a situation where our training are are earmarked to the designated groups in such a way that we want to bring them and uh, to identify if they've got products or systems that can be, uh, they can be assisted so that their product or system can reach the market through us by sponsoring them and supporting them throughout the period. And we also want to, be deliberate in our uh, procurement system in such a way that we want to set aside in terms of uh, our procurement and we'll want to set aside 30% of our procurement that will be designated to designated groups in terms of women, youth and people with disability. Uh, We we noted that out of the 10 million, if we can get 30% out of that that is designated to this group, that would be the contribution that we would have made on in terms of Uh, economic reconstruction and recovery plan. While we acknowledge that doing business is also got an element of risk, we also want to highlight the risks that will also be faced as an organization that is operating in a very highly technical uh, sphere. And uh, these are some of the risks that we want to share with the portfolio committee in terms of how do we go about doing our business. And we acknowledge, of course, that uh, we are affected by these risk, either economic risk or business, and uh, 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 our structured risk management process that helps management to better understand in terms of how this risk might impact the organization and to appropriate risk mitigating initiatives and uh, ASA will strive for the culture of openness and transparency with the identified risk will be disclosed proactively and Unexpected events will be or are reported as soon as they occur. And the executive is taking responsibility in terms of the designing and implementing and also operating in an adequately functioning risk management system. And our objectives in terms of our risk management is to identify and manage the strategic, operational, financial performance, uh, financial reporting, as well as the compliance risk in which we uh, are exposed. By this, we will then promote effic- effectiveness, efficiency in terms of our operation, and to promote reliable performance and financial reporting, and promote compliance with laws and regulations. And the executive is aware that such a framework can neither provide an absolute assurance that its objectives will be achieved nor can it entirely prevent material errors, losses, fraud, and violations of laws and regulations. Mm-hmm. We have an executive committee that will oppose uh, and manage the risk, and with their function of the identifications and assessing those risks being undertaken and establish appropriate controls to mitigate the risk. And then there are adequate management controls in place to monitor employee compliance and highlight control breakdown. We've got an oversight committee that reports to the board under the auspices of Audit and Risk Committee that will help us to identify this. And the uh, uh, Audit and Risk Committee, is assisted by the internal audit uh, function that is currently being co-sourced both in-house as well as an outsourced part of it to assist them in terms of other areas that they cannot handle, like the IT and other issues. And that internal audit is setting that. And we further identify that in implementing our mandate, we are faced with these several risks um, that may interfere in terms of uh, our implementation of business objectives. And uh, we also noting that this risk relates to our operational processes while others may Relates to our business environment. And some of, of these risks may have an impact on our business, by, on the financial conditions, economic conditions, and the results of our operations. They may be relevant now as may be described, but the sum may not necessarily be in the order of their materiality or the likelihood. These risks are not the only ones that we are faced some risk may not yet be known to us, and certain risks that we do not currently believe to be material could be in future. We uh, highlighted our strategic risk here, Chair. I will just indicate in terms of this, a uh, block, Chair, our third block, it indicates in terms of our target. We spoke of the six uh, schemes that we want to uh, produce in this current year. But for us to produce that six schemes, we also acknowledge that there's a risk where we define it as it's a lack of relevant expertise and competencies for the development of equitable scheme specifications. So it's important that we also highlight the risk of us uh, being impacted in terms of our objective. We also indicated that of the 87% that of the project that needs to be assessed there is a lack of accredited suppliers to conduct the assessments. That is the challenges that we are facing. In the 20 Agreement uh, 20 certificates, there is a lack of market penetrations, which may result in a low volume of application being received. On the four agreement certified product systems and market usage report, there's a lack of internal resources and exposure of low impact of ASSA certified products and systems. While in terms of participating on those agreements to introduce the innovative products and system, the inability, inability to support and promote the introduction and the use of certified non-products products and systems. Under quality and compliance, a lack of accreditation of other quality assessors and lack of implementation of documented information into current certified quality management system. These are the six strategic risks and the next five strategic risks is that under a clean external audit, which this risk apply across the board does, it's a high staff turnover and capacity constraint. In terms of spending our budget, we plan to spend almost 96%. We also acknowledge that the risk of non-responsive markets to supply chain requests and lack of adequate expertise for the development of specifications. In paying all our our service provider within the 30 days, there is a risk of ineffective internal control environment and the approved budget spent with zero irregular expenditure, there's a risk of non-compliance with the supply chain management and procurement prescripts, policies, and procedures. Whereas in terms of the zero fruitless and wasteful expenditure, there's an unhonored procurement commitment that may result in financial loss and procurement of non-beneficial goods and services. The last two risks, Chair, it relates to The training that insufficient training analysis, training analysis, and lack of succession and retention process, and lastly within the ICT is that there is a risk of lack of relevant and latest IT application to support our organizational structure. In conclusion, chair. AgriMA South Africa contributes towards the national imperatives and global sustainability by undertaking a technical assessment for innovative construction products. AgriMA is an authoritative
1: technical assessment of system performance.
7: Contributes towards the fast-tracking economic developments by allowing safe introduction of appropriate and suitable products and facilitate the safe introductions of
1: improved construction products and facilitate the global
7: acceptance of South African produced products. Provides an independent, authoritative technical assurance of fitness for purpose. Before I finish, uh, I I need to highlight in our previous presentation, annual and the prior uh, APP, the committee expressed its its concern in terms of us having not um, physically or present or not known uh, in terms of its campaign, in terms of its work, what it does, where it's located. And I must say, Chair, since then we have made an inroads in the sense that we have identified nine uh, community radio stations in nine provinces and we advertise our work in terms of what we do and how people can reach us in those communities. And the, the response has been great. And we further uh, complemented that campaign by also having two. Uh, interviews with uh, uh, Radio SAFM in in, in, in in January, in December, as well as in January, by the executive manager and the ACTIQ uh, CEO. Uh, those interviews were a success in such a way that since then, our media platform have shown an increase in terms of the following, uh, in terms of people wanting to know what Agrima does And we also acknowledge that that is not the end, but it's just the beginning. And uh, we are starting to realize how important uh, uh, this campaign and we want to take it further. And soon we should be able to uh, flight uh, our agreement or our logo on TV. And that is the process, the project that we're working on. I thank you, Chair.
6: Thank you, CEO, Chairperson. I just forgot to indicate in my opening remarks uh, that uh, Richard Sumanje was actually appointed as the new CEO of Agroma with effect from the 1st of April, 2022 uh, after the tragic loss of, of former CEO. With that, thank you very much, Chairperson. and may I hand back over to you.
1: Thank
0: you. Thank you, Chair. Uh... We also welcome the new CEO, and and uh, really appreciate these strides that you have taken. In fact, listening to what we have always been saying that uh, I know Honorable Higlin would say, one of the best kept secret is is is, is Agrima SA. Um, thank you for that, Honorable Members. Can we then interact with the two? Um, Presentations: the one of IDT, Agrima SA, um, Honorable Siwisa, Honorable Graham Mare, Honorable Hicklin. In that order, please.
8: Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, I'm requesting to keep my video off. Is it okay, Chair? Yes, yes, yes. yes okay. But- Thank you, thank you, Chairperson. And um, let me start with akrima essay because that's the one I think I read intensively this morning, uh, when I was preparing for the others. I have a few questions, Chair. And then one of the questions is that in their presentation that they've sent us is that they've got companies that requested for them to test their material. Are any of the companies, South African companies, or uh, novice people who who use very simple material to build something out of it? It comes to my mind of the two girls who started using um, waste material to make bricks. So are there any of the South African people that have requested that they are services to test their, their uh, material, if they are very innovative and sustainable. Has Agrima SA actually advocated towards interested party, whether individuals or groups in South Africa, if they've gone out there to tell people, you know, if you want to test your material, you can come to us. And then well, how are they assisting People who are financially strained, because I know testing material, you need to pay something. And then has the entity engaged contractors and recommended some of the material that were tested by other companies, if there are any companies in South Africa, which may lead to job creation. Um, And then I get to the finance, finance services, which takes me to slide eight. They say four or less irregular expenditure. This this is very worrying when I say that they they, they are making provision. And I ask myself, why should, if you've got so much confidence, it says to me, you don't have any confidence. And then you are making room for four or less percentage of irregular expenditure. Are there any reasons that make them to, to come up what what such a, a a comment, and then and then is the entity okay? I think the one of involving novice people who are interested in in how to make products and then take them through the what is the best way, or are they assisting novice people who also want to endeavor into the process of 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 using wasteful waste, waste to convert into any sustainable material that can be utilized out there. And then to the minister, I would ask, is there any negotiations or do you have any plans to involve or to convince the Department of Human Settlement or to involve contractors to actually use some of the material that is being uh, tested or that has been uh, uh, recommended by by agrima sa and then can we get the time frames for all of these things that they said they want to do when i get to idt unfortunately we're on our way to from parliament to home but there's one point that stood up for me which is the presenter said that they are promising projects that need to be done by IDT. And this morning CIDB said that there's a decrease in contractors or oh, contractors are not renewing their contracts because of lack of work. That is why their APP has a decrease compared to last year. Because when I check, my fear is that the entities are working hand in hand. They are working hand in hand. The other one needs the other one. But now you get the report that IDT says we've got a promise of so many projects that are going to happen between 2022 until 2024 or 25. And then you've got CIDB. This is a question to the to the minister actually to say, Minister, can you explain the issue of CIDB of decrease in contractors because of lack of work? And now IDT is saying that we've got promising projects that are coming up, which means that we, we are going to need more contractors or more subcontractors on board. That's my only questions for now, Chair, thank you. Thank you, Honorable suisa
0: Honorable Graham Murray.
3: Thank you very much, Chair. Um, I'd just like to start with Agrima. I just want you to make a comment, um, and I just want to say how, how thrilled I am about the progress made in the advertising of the products. Um, I feel like we've we've actually had an impact um, as a portfolio committee in the, in this term, which is really fantastic. And as as um, Honourable Hicklin will continue to tell you, you you need to be out there telling everybody about what you do and the amazing work that you do. So congratulations, that's really exciting and um, um, keep keep going with, with marketing yourselves because um, you've got a lot to sell. Um, I know Honorable Hicklin is going to go into agrimar in depth and detail, so um, I will leave that up to her. Um, I've just got some inputs on IDT. Um, I have to say that this is the most positive presentation we've had from IDT since we took office. Um, I feel like there's a renewed verve and vigour in the in the organisation. I think Ms Hill has got a um, an enthusiasm that's infectious. Um, Ms Malala seems to be um, inspired. So um, I just want to congratulate um, all involved on a very positive and uplifting IDT presentation for the first time since we've been in, in parliament. Um, I just have a few questions. Um, on page 17 of the APP, um, you speak to the SIPS, and I just wanted to know whether or not any of the SIPS have actually been allocated to the IDT, or whether or not um, this is kind of wishful thinking on the part of the um, of the IDT. Um, and then on slide five, um, when you speak about the values. Um, I I think it's great that, that, that your focus is very client centric. Um, however, what, what excites me even more is that you've become commercially minded. And I think that's a a general failing across government is that they, they forget that they they are actually allowed to make money on projects and they, and that they should be driving, um, a sort of commercially viable program, um, in their, in their business. So I think it's great that that has formed part of your value system. Um, And then also um, your internal environment. I thought that this was a bit of a wish list, Um, but you spoke about it being based on the determination of your core business essentially, and that you have a certainty of mandate. And I, I still don't believe that IDT has a certainty of mandate. I'm not entirely sure that the IDT understands where it wants to be or where it should be positioning itself. And you know, you talk about building organizational capacity, and and the, the transformation of the entity. But I don't think that you actually have a clear vision of what you want to achieve. And I do believe that a lot of what you're doing is historically um, imposed upon you and, and possibly the work that you're looking at doing going forward is not necessarily um, necessary or or there's not a proper gap in the market for it. So I was thinking, you know, perhaps, perhaps the IDT should look at transforming itself into, into other areas um, things like facilities management, which we know is a huge issue um, for the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, to maybe focus more on repairs and refurbishment. We've been talking a lot about maintenance and, and upgrading existing infrastructure. Perhaps IDT's role could be more in terms of that, getting involved in the ROTP program, um, doing maintenance assessments on behalf of the department, and possibly looking for ongoing work that's that sort of... Um, you know, a three-year facilities maintenance contract then gives you certainty of income as opposed to relying entirely on new projects. Um, And I'm concerned that so much of what you're basing your projections on is uncertain because you are hoping that you're going to get these projects coming in. And historically, the IDT hasn't done that well. Um, So people, there is a little bit of an element of mistrust in in the market. Um, your slide 19, um, oh, and, and what I wanted to say as well is that your vision and your mission actually speak to those, to kind of changing direction a little bit, and maybe moving away from the social infrastructure and and moving into other areas um, where you could work possibly more hand in hand with infrastructure SA um, and and the departments. Um, slide 19 indicated targets. It would have been helpful if we had passed... Um, figures to, to do comparisons with, it's very difficult to say, okay, well, these are your targets for the, for the new financial year, but we have no idea where you were on the spectrum in terms of the last few financial years. Um, you speak about replaced facilities on slide nineteen. I don't know what replaced facilities are. Somebody could just clarify that. And also, um, how will you get those? Um, and on what informed the targets that you've set? And the same with the green fields. And I'm wondering why you're speaking about specific numbers and not and not percentages. Um, percentages might might be easily more easily attainable than actually giving um, specific numbers, unless you already have those projects in the pipeline and they're guaranteed. Um, slide 20. Slide 20 speaks to this constra- uh, the, the contractor development program. Now, CRDB have got a contractor development program. CBE talk about contractor development. DPWI has a contractor development program. It feels like every entity has got a contractor development program and they seem to be doing the same thing but differently. And My question is, surely it would make sense to centralize these contractor development programs and for the entities in the department to feed into one centralized program, then for each entity and the department to be running individual contractor programs. Um, So so that's just a a concern. Um, And then I just wanted to ask slide 28 why is the escalation fee um in the escalation the management fee not already being introduced as part of your the projects is that because you are still waiting for confirmation from national treasury and is that an imperative um are you going to be doing a new organogram um, once you've ascertained the direction you're going to be following and then you spoke about 60 percent of the budget is travel is that 60% of the whole budget? I don't. I didn't understand that on um, slide 28. How 60% of your budget could be um, work-related travel, and then finally on slide 29, you spoke about consultants, and I'm concerned that we are spending money that could be earned by IDT if we are outsourcing to consultants. Um, and that's me. Thank
1: you very much. honourable Graham,
9: honourable Thank you so much. Um, Chair, please tell me if my signal is bad again, and then I will take my video off. Can you hear me? It's good. good. We can hear you clearly this time. Great stuff. Thank you so much. I have one question for the IDT. Um, I noticed in your uh, budget you had a static number for staff member of two staff complement of 247 people. And yet you said you are banking on additional staff. How are you going to accommodate that in your budget if for the next three years you have a static number of staff of 247 people? It's just a question that I have that I think you need to actually look at. Um, that's all I'm going to go, go for on the IDT. I'm now going to go on to Agrima, Mr. Mahachi. If you could see me uh, when you were when when Mr. Sumanji was doing the um, discussion about the nine community radio stations, I was actually stamping my feet in joy. I was so excited because you know that I keep saying um, Agrima is is the best kept secret in South Africa. The core mandate of um, Agrimar is the technical assessment and issuing of, of approvals uh, certificates for, <coughs> pardon me, non-standardised construction-related products. And I've always said that the, the core mandate is, is useless if the products remain in the Eric Milobie hub. And that what we have to do, what Agrimar has to do, is create a transverse link. To inform municipalities, province and national government departments for human settlements, for example, about these innovative building. um, techniques and products that are on offer because these certified products must revolutionize the way in which housing backlogs and future green housing developments can be addressed they must be aggressively marketed, and they must be incorporated in all tender documents. I mean, that must be your goal. That must be what you have to do. They must be incorporated in um, tenders to come. We have to increase the footprint for green um, for green products in, in the years to come. Um, I had didn't see anything in your apps that spoke about a solid marketing strategy. Um, and you, the, the problem that I have with that is that you have a forty percent staff vacancy rate, by your own statements, that urgently needs to be addressed. Your, your report speaks about the fact that you have urgently, in, you are urgently in need of staff to help with evaluating, assessing, and approving existing infrastructure development technologies. And that the evaluation and certification base of AgriMar SA needs to grow for additional technological evaluators and quality assurance people to be brought in, specialists to be brought in, to help support the functioning in the medium and the long term. And yet, you are overcapacitating your budget. Your budget, your approved budget is 21,175 million rand. Your audited outcome was 22,062 million rand, which means you overspent on your budget by 104% with a 40% staff deficit. If you had your full 62 staff in your office how would you cope you seriously overspent on your budget with a staff deficit of 40 percent. you're in serious trouble you either haven't looked at your organizational structure correctly or you are overspending on your staff somewhere along the line you have to reorganize yourself because you desperately need staff, you desperately need marketing, but you are, over, you are overspending on your staff complement. I am over the moon that you are marketing, but you need to look at the structure and the way in which you are running the business. Other than that, I couldn't be happier. Mr. Samanji, welcome, welcome, welcome. I love Agrima. It's my favorite department in DPWI. If I could come and work at DPWI's Agrima SA, I would be there in a heartbeat. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you very, very much.
1: <laughs> you don't disappoint Honorable Higrid
0: when it comes to Agrima. Um, Honorable Fanskalvik.
10: Thank you, Chairperson. Honorable Yiglin is so overjoyed and, and it's almost contagious. Uh, I want to welcome the presentation that has been made and won't venture much in terms of the IDT presentation, uh, but just to mention maybe uh, one issue chairperson i want to ask them that uh, do they have uh, measures in place and sufficient capacity to ensure effective revenue generation because we know that uh, in the past it's always been a problem so if they want to be sustainable as an institution they must be able to render services but also be able to uh uh, uh keep uh, track of, of of their revenue and, and and actually earn it then in terms of agreement is a chairperson am um, also we are coming what's happening there and and the positive spin as in IDt. And we really hope that it will reap positive rewards. Uh, However, Chairperson, I am very worried about the high vacancy rate, uh, which stands at 40% and increased expenditure in terms of compensation of employees. So I want to know what will the impact be on the operation in future? the the staff shortages and how do they plan to recruit and fill these vacancies, but also to develop the the staff that they currently have to <clears throat> to 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 ensure chairperson that they acquire specialist skills and and, and be better uh, staff uh, then chairperson I want to know does Agirima have sufficient budget to recruit all these uh, and train all these competent staff in line with the approved organogram. Uh, Then when looking at the current vacancies, Chairperson, I see there's a lot of key positions that's vacant, like the CEO, the procurement manager, the procurement specialist, quality assurance officer, and uh, I'm I'm just wondering, Chairperson, Uh whilst they have a, a, a CFO, there's a, a financial officer also uh, currently vacant. So I I need to know what is uh, the role of of those two positions, the CFO versus the financial officer, and do they really need that that uh, position or do they really need both? So in terms of those strategic uh, positions that's currently vacant, I want to know what is the impact of these positions being vacant on the ability to effectively deliver on its mandate as a grimace? Thank you very much, Chairperson. I'll pause there.
1: Uh, thank you, Honorable Members, on your on your inputs. Um,
0: just comments. Uh, I also want to add my voice on the new developments in Agrima SA. Uh, that of uh, ensuring that it is advertised and it is marketed even out. That's a, a good uh, a good strategy that you have taken, and in fact, even. Um, The chairperson of the board, uh, in his remarks, he indicated that they're going to work with human settlement. Uh, We really need to see that. A minister is here now. We have so many entities here in the Department of Public Works, uh, but you find out that she... Yes, they have their own executive powers and all that, but they're working in silos. I, I really don't understand that IDT coming up. Oh, we also appreciate that IDT, uh, I think, in a way, is coming out of ICU. Uh, we found uh, IDT, when it came in 2019, in a serious uh, situation. In fact, it was on the verge of being even closed down. We fought as this portfolio committee that we can't close down that uh, important uh, entity. But now you can see as Honorable Prime Mare has indicated that IDT will maybe end up the way it was when it is going only to rely on projections of contractors, which it is not even sure that, that they will. I think the department has to make a commitment of ensuring, as it used to with IDT, uh, we have seen so many things that were done by IDT, especially IDT when it was uh, sound and working good, not when it was alien. We've seen a lot, uh, codes and all that. So if this issue of maintenance can also be given to IDT, As we also, the issue of EPWP IDT is also facilitating that. It will mean that IDT is working well, and it will have its own budget. It won't uh, rely. At least it will be sure that there is a steady income that is coming in. Um, Minister, uh, one of the issues that was raised, uh, I want to raise it again. We raised it yesterday. The issue of demolishing the, um, the, the, the temporal structures, especially in Acacia Park, that has asbestos roof. If if minister, you can work with your department, work with Agrima SA so that it, it, it provides when you those new houses are built, such uh, the one that we saw when we visited Agrima SA. Those innovations. We don't need to build houses using uh, bricks and mortar. I think that time has come and gone. We need to go the green way. I think. I think we all we all now understands that we need to go the green way. So, if we cannot have these entities working in silos, ensure that if there's something, then you bring in Agrema so that they bring their innovations, you bring in IGT, you could have entities that are working and functioning so well, Minister. Mine is not a question, it's just those comments. Over to you. I don't know whether you're going to start, Minister, or you will close after they have all spoken.
11: No, no, I will start now, Honourable Chairperson. Unfortunately, I was driving from Parliament, so I missed the beginning of the meeting uh, to make an input uh, before the presentation, so if you will allow me to do that first, um, and then um, information that I need to share with the, 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 the committee. But let me start with the uh, AgRIMA essay. Uh, we have introduced AGRIMA essay uh, a, a week ago uh, to the MEC for Public Works and Human Settlements, uh, MEC Sabia. And um, today we, are, we have sent Minister Sabia uh, a copy of all of the different alternative building methodologies uh, from AGRIMA. They've also sent me a copy I will also forward the copy to Honorable Yeeklin. I'm sure she, she will love it. Um, and tomorrow um, I'll be meeting with the MEC on the proposals of AGREEMA and with AGREEMA in KZN. But we'll give the, 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 the MEC the opportunity to, to select what he what would like to do out of, would like to take out of the AGREEMA proposals. I'm also forwarding um, the same methodologies to the National Minister of Human Settlements. We will also be sharing it with uh, the next MINMAC meeting. I will call a Grima SA to come and do a presentation to all the MECs. And then our Intergovernmental Relations Department must assist the Grima uh, to further do their marketing so that we can get them into... Uh, all government departments uh, with the work that they are doing. so that is on on, on, on grima. Um, then if i can just come to IDT um, i have to remind members and just take us a bit back on the 25th of November uh, 2020 uh, there was a cabinet resolution that I must submit a roadmap and a turnaround plan for the IDT's reconfiguration and transformation. Now, what we've done since that time, uh, Honorable Members, uh, after the Cabinet resolve on the 25th of November, um, and so Cabinet approved that the proposed reconfiguration of the IDT be strengthened, In line with the work done by the presidential state-owned entities council on the rationalization of state-owned entities. That's part of the resolution. And they also approved that the Minister of Public Works and Infrastructure submit a comprehensive proposal on the IDT's reconfiguration to Cabinet Committee for the economic sectors, investment, employment and infrastructure development in due course. We have reached that point now, honorable members. Subsequently to this resolution, uh, DPWI appointed uh, GTEC, the the Government Technical Advisory Center, uh, to assist uh, IDT with the, the, the options, because I must present options to Cabinet. Also, the DPWI then appointed the new trustees with effect from the 31st of July, 2021. And I further requested the trustees to consider the options uh, for the transformation and or reconfiguration of the IDT. So the the trustees urgently uh, applied themselves to, to the request and, and, and they have done some work and, and some proposal that uh, IDT has come up with. And um, from the board, after researching corporate forms options, the IDT board resolved that there are no co- cogent reasons why the IDT should not remain a Schedule Two entity although the board agrees that its corporate form should be changed from that of a trust so as to as to align it with other scheduled uh, 2 entities. Um, now, remember IDT had this double identity of being a trust and a Schedule 2 entity. The, 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 the board prefer that it be officially be a, a Schedule two entity instead of having uh, these uh, a double, a double identities. Uh, Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, we paid uh, GTEC 1.5 million rand uh, for the first phase uh, that they've been working with IDT to come up with this proposal. So where are we now, members? Um, I'm in the process of completing a cabinet memorandum uh, that must go through the economic cluster and then to the economic uh, cabinet uh, committee and i'm aiming to um, to finalize that process to get it by, by cabinet uh, before the the end of june so that is parallel work and work in in, in, in progress um then if i just want to, and in terms of the slides uh, presented uh, by IDT, I think slight, uh, the, the, the critical issues for me are captured in slide 23, slide 26 and slide 27. Uh, and, and, and I think Honorable uh, Graham also raised it. The challenge will be to secure the new business and the explicit need to get a huge amount of work from national programs, uh, which would include DPWI and ISA. Then also uh, on slide 26 and 27, clearly also indicate that in the absence of a projected uh, project pipeline, Uh, The entity will require grant funding to sustain its operation. And then, um, I think it's on uh, slide number seven, the the IDT uh, um, board do raise the growing concern status. uh, That IDT will work toward becoming a growing concern over the next three years financial injection will be sourced uh, to fund critical areas of operation to improve efficiencies with a target of financial surplus or at least break even so idt also acknowledge uh, the um the the the, the, the shortage of, of of finances and and that is also of concern to me and we have to engage Uh, with National Treasury, Uh, and as you know, um, we will try our best to persuade National Treasury, Minister Guana. I will assist the IDT. uh, When they approach National Treasury, they must actually approach National Treasury together with the department, so that we can assist them to to, to motivate, because this will be classified as, as a bailout uh, currently, between 2013 and 2021, um, the the bail amounted to over 673 million rand. So I'm very cautious, but I'm also very hopeful. Especially with uh, the plan that IDT has has produced, uh, it is not just it's all it's all subject to us securing uh, funding from from national treasury. Um, I will also put into the cabinet memorandum the, uh, the current amounts that is required by IDT uh, at an operational level. I think we have, in the past two financial years, provide uh, a 29 million or 92 million. Uh, I can't remember uh, four for operational purposes. So members there, there's some work to be done. I think the the the, the vision from the board is good in terms of making a contribution to uh, um, the building of social infrastructure. Uh, Also the uh, suggestion by Honorable Graham marie about um, maybe also including maintenance. It's a brilliant idea because uh, as the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, we deal with at least, I mean, the number of complaints that we receive annually has increased from the previous year of 40,000 to last year of 70,000. And and so the facility management department of DPWI has never been able to separate the reactive uh, maintenance to the planned maintenance. So, and then also our, our failures DPWI to appoint a, a full-time deputy director general, that process has been going on for about 18 months. And finally, uh, last week, uh, the acting minister, Minister Nessi uh, rejected the process and said, we must start over. So we will take IDT hand in hand um, and 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 let's get over the uh, uh, the cabinet proposal, and I will assist IDT to to motivate for the funding, but that currently uh, is the situation. We have to now change that perception of the the past IDT and what happened there, to convince uh, cabinet that we should try again and that. Um, we with the new board that we have on board, that we can able to see how far we can take it. Um, the, so so the budget is of concern uh, for me, uh, and and as I say, uh, everything is subject uh, to to the budget chairperson. Uh, so those are my comments on um, uh, on IDT, and then. I, I can also submit uh, to the committee uh, the work that has been done by uh, uh, National Treasury GTEC. Uh, they did ask for some funding for phase two of, of the, the, the project, and, and that funding has not been approved yet by the department. But I think that's the least, the least of my worries. So uh, the whole of IDT is it's, it's in the working progress in this turnaround strategy, uh, going to cabinet, going to national treasury. And I will request that uh, the portfolio committee give us about two months or even less than that so that we engage, especially on the financial issues with treasury and then come and give uh, the committee some feedback after that. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson.
0: Thank you, Minister. Over to the entities. IDT first. Um,
4: thank you very much, Chairperson. Um, good evening, um, Minister, um, and thank you very much for your input and comment. And um, Honorable Chair, I must um, agree that the Minister and the Department have been very supportive to what we have achieved up to so far. Um, and it has been through their support. And indeed, I, I'm, I want to note the comments of, of, of the committee. We have been working very hard to change um, the, the integrity and um, how the South Africans see the IDT just to make sure that we transform the entity. So I just want to confirm what the minister had said. And um, I have noted the comments Um, I will start with Honorable Graham Mare's comment on the page 17 on the SIPs. And I must confirm, Honorable um, Graham Mare, that um, as the IDT, we are contributing to to the SIPs in terms of SIP 6, SIP 12, SIP 13, and SIP 14. And on the slide 19, on the comparison, um, we have noted your comment, and we will ensure that there's a comparison or baseline before we, 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 we touch on the target so that we are able to see in the previous financial year what was the target and what is the new target moving forward. On the um, target on new or replaced facilities, it's where we have to replace the existing facilities that are dilapidated. Um, we, the target is based on the current business and a projection of a bit of the additional business. And on slide 20, your comment on this uh, contractor development program, it, it is indeed true, um, honorable, that um, different departments and CIDB and different entities are implementing the contractor development program. And your comment on centralization of this program is noted. In our engagement, when we have our meetings with, our, um, with DPWI, We will also touch on it and CIDB as well, because we do have meetings where we discuss this. Currently, we are using the CIDB guidelines on implementation of the CDP, but we will discuss it with the department as well to see how we can centralize it. On your comment on the management fee, with the new agreements that we are signing, I must confirm that we are negotiating new management fees with our clients. Treasury is not a stumbling block in this regard. We have sent a submission to them, um, highlighted our intention to increase the the management fee. There was um, a meeting with Treasury and they made input and suggestions on how we can do it. We are just waiting to finalize the practice notes that will then be circulated to client departments in terms of the implementation of the management fee. Um, On... Honorable Fanskal, fake um, comment. It was on measures in place to ensure revenue generation. I think the minister did touch on it. And we we are putting measures in place, especially in line with the reconfiguration of the IDT to ensure that with the additional revenue that we will be generating, we will be able to implement. Um, I'm not sure if from my team I've missed out on something, but um, I have answered the question. Thank you.
0: Any additions from the team?
5: Uh, Chair, if, if I may, uh, it's the CFO of IDT. Okay, please. Um, I think there were two finance-related questions, Chair. Uh, slide um, 25 with regard to travel expenditure. Um, just to clarify that uh, the 60% relates to 60% of total travel expenditure that was budgeted for uh, 6.9 million for travel for projects, and then 4.6 million for travel for um, uh, uh, admin, administration. And then <clears throat> there was another question on slide uh, 25 related to the staff complement. Um, it indicates uh, 247 budgeted for staff complement. So it was uh, asked why the figure is static over the the the, the four years. The reason for that chair is that um, Currently, we have uh, 203 employees. So uh, we plan on increasing the staff complement in order to deliver on the mandate of IDT. So we've budgeted uh, for a staff complement of 247 and provisioned for that expenditure on slide uh, 25. Under um, employee costs, I've categorized the different types of uh, budgeted employee cost expenditure. You, uh, I've indicated current uh, payroll budgeted for um uh, employee costs and then for new recruitments and then also for uh, program uh, managers as well. So um, if the, if you add the three together, it comes about 197 million, which is the total cost, including provision for new recruits, Chair. I think that's all uh, related to finance. Thank you, Chair. Grima.
6: Thank you, Chair. Uh, let me check. Uh, the, the, uh, the technical questions and give the difficult financial questions to the CEO. Right. Uh, from the, the I, I think the question raised by uh, Honorable Sillisa uh, around the uh, uh, products that are certified by Agroma, we do have several products, local and international products that are actually certified by Agroma. And uh, 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 when we look at specifics, like what's mentioned on waste materials, right. Right? When, when, we, when we do agro certification, we look at many, many different types of performance tests, which would include your fire, structural, water penetration, et cetera, et cetera, that are required. And unfortunately, products such as waste, you will find that they may actually be able to satisfy other requirements and fail the other requirements. And specifically, when you deal with waste materials, water penetration is a problem. So you will probably find then that the product has failed one or two components, and if it fails one or two of those uh, performance requirements, we fail the system. We cannot allow the system to be used for human settlements or for any other social infrastructure if it fails to satisfy even one performance requirement. But what we also do, because we have got limited Budget and those to conduct those tests is quite expensive because we need to throw those products into fire. We need to be able to go into the lab and do quite intensive uh, tests. So the only thing that we can do is to provide support to uh, uh, to, to the system owners on what and how they should be able to uh, uh, to come up with the products that may be able to meet the requirements. But in most cases, they have to go back into the lab and onto the drawing board and look into the composition of their materials so that they can satisfy other uh, requirements. So it's quite a bit of a tricky, and you probably probably uh, find it when we do performance evaluation of these systems, then that why do we have so many systems rejected? Because now if there is a problem on the ground, you are going to come back to me and say, hey, your product is failing. Your product is falling down. Your product is is, is catching fire, et cetera. So we need to be able to make sure that all all performance requirements are actually met. So it's quite a bit of a challenge, particularly for those who are bringing in their technologies for the first time. But through iterations, we'll be able to actually assist them, not from a financial perspective, but from a knowledge perspective on what they should do uh, uh, to address the shortfalls. Then I I think... Uh, uh, with some of the issues that have been highlighted by the Honourable Minister. Thank you very much. Uh, let me leave uh, 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 the CEO to deal with uh, irregular expenditure and some of the uh, uh, issues around the staff community.
7: Thank you, Chairperson. Um, thank you. And also perhaps just to add in terms of uh, what the uh, Honourable uh, Suiza requested or inquired regarding the financial assistance is that uh, part of uh, Our strategy in this current year, that's where we're going to advertise to call upon prospective uh, innovators to to apply from us. We're going to assess and identify those ones that can be looked at in terms of how they can be assessed and look at how we can assist them in terms of their products so as to introduce their products, uh, uh, to support their products to the market. It's one of the elements that we're looking at. Uh, regarding the slide that reflects the plus or, plus or minus 5% of irregular expenditure, we looked at the current experience in the previous years that we have incurred irregular expenditure. And in our plans, we incorporated the uh, element of error that there could be an irregular expenditure that we have in, or might incur that if we happen to incur such irregular expenditure, should not more than four or five percent, uh, that was the in terms of our plan. So it was not to say we don't have confidence uh, in terms of our systems, but we do have, but our systems um, somehow it's got the risks that are not foolproof and uh, we sometimes happen to incur those uh, irregular expenditure, which has been uh, in the case, has been the case in the previous years. And we also uh, acknowledge in terms of uh, the improvement that we have made, yes, uh, in terms of the advertisements, and uh, we still got a long way and we are working on it. And um, to uh, Honorable uh, 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 Hicklin, we we do have uh, a marketing strategy that has been approved, and we also shared uh, our marketing and communication strategy with the department. And that's where we started to implement the issue of the community radio stations, the adverts, and the the TV. We'll still be engaging with the the other media platforms and also uh, social media platforms in terms of how we can um, broaden our footprint in terms of uh, uh, making our presence felt as AgriMa and also what AgriMa does. So, it's some some of the challenge initiatives that we started looking at. Uh, in terms of uh, the, the 40% uh, staff vacancy yes uh, this is our long term view in terms of the 60% uh, staff we are looking over a longer term to see at a fully uh, operational we should be having at a, we should be operating at 60 in terms of the human um, capital but in a, a short term This is what we are facing. Uh, It will reflect in the current short term that we've got the 40% vacancy, but our plan is to fill those vacancies over a longer time period. As some, uh, to make sure that it doesn't reflect the vacancy as it is, we are going to freeze them so that it doesn't reflect the current vacancy at 40% but at the number that is manageable. And we are going to look at that so that then we, we manage those uh, expectations. Regarding the budget uh, that they have shown to be overdrawn uh, compared to actual, it's because uh, the part that they have reflected to be overdrawn, it's the contracts uh, element uh, of the cost of uh, employment that has been funded by the retention but in terms of our current plan, our budget were uh, under uh, cost of personnel. It was not necessarily overthrown. Even if we look at the current year, in terms of the plan, it reflects 25, but uh, that 25, it takes into account the contract uh, employee, uh, which are four contract employees, which are funded by the funds that uh, uh, are approved by the National Treasury outside the approved budget. So that, that's where it is. And uh, part of that, it's being funded outside. So we uh, consciously manage our uh, personnel costs so that uh, we are not necessarily uh, overthrown. And in terms of the, 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 the marketing, yes, uh, it is something that we continue to look at. We, we, we still uh, think that there's a room that uh, uh, we can improve in terms of our marketing because there's a lot that is happening, especially even taking the case of the two ladies because uh, I remember when we uh, read about them in the newspapers and so forth and finally we met with them, by the way, uh, when they were uh, presenting their case to us and uh, we appreciated in the manner that they uh, find us, But we also noted that before they came to us, they didn't know us. And, and that is the awareness that uh, we are owing to the public out there, and we are working on it. Um, we addressed the issue under uh, uh, Honorable Fatshgat uh, in terms of the 40%. And um, the special skills uh, is what we are looking at. We are forming a strategic uh, 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 a partnership with the South African Institute of Civil Engineers, where we want to exchange the skills. In this case, we are looking at uh, the engineering side and the marketing because they are well represented over the country and uh, our marketing teams are working with them. We also participated in their awards and we sponsored some of their young engineer awards. That was also a marketing and they appreciated in the manner that we formed that strategic alliance and we'll continue to work with them. Uh, What we want to see is that in their database, they've got the retired engineers that can indeed mentor our young engineers in terms of how they can improve uh, and they can be capacitated. And we're looking at that in terms of how we can uh, enhance and uh, capacitate our current staff to operate at the specialist level. And uh, that is what we're currently working on. They are not the only one, we also will be looking at the other engineering disciplines that are under the CIDB to form that strategic alliance in terms of how our various engineers can be assisted. Regarding the the, the other vacant posts, uh, including the CEO, the position for the CEO has now been filled, it's only the report that came after. And uh, other management uh, managers and officers, we've got an officer. The manager issue that will assess and whether it should be flagged uh, for any way to be frozen. And, and the mandate is currently being undertaken because the office, the strategic position had been filled. But however, once the CEO of the position fell and the, the CFO became vacant, and the, the interviews are scheduled next week to fill in because we want to make sure that the strategic uh, positions uh, shouldn't remain vacant for a very long time. And we also noting and uh, ask, uh, the comments by the chairperson of the committee in as far as the marketing and the advertising. And uh, we all will definitely be working with the department in terms of how we can be assisted in terms of really uh, marketing and getting our products there. And uh, especially, that the the assistance that we are seeking is where we will need to introduce the introductions of a non-innovative product and system, especially where we can com- uh, participate in their big committees in introducing this product. That will definitely go a long way as I agree, because it's our quest to make sure that uh, these products are uh, introduced, and uh, we also make an undertaking that, in terms of our uh, mission, is that we want to provide an assurance to the specifiers and the users of these innovative products that our products, the certified ASA certified products, are safe to use and to be utilized in those areas of human settlement. I thank you.
6: Thank you, Chair. Uh, I think I think in, in conclusion remarks, I think uh, we thank uh, we thank the uh, honourable members for the comments, and I think we appreciate uh, uh, their inputs. And every time we get new ideas, and uh, we always try and improve on our operations, and we welcome uh, inputs made by the Portfolio Committee members. Thank you.
0: Um. In the absence of any hands for follow-up questions, let me again um, add my voice in welcoming all the presentation, appreciating all the work that is clear that these two entities are are doing. uh, We are really happy with the direction that the IDT is taking We hope that it won't fall into the trap of uh, the previous time. But also, uh, Minister, uh, in closing, especially with IDT, uh, we would really appreciate if the board and the new management would resolve. Remember when we were saying that IDT must not be closed, we also said that uh, there are employees there. So we must not be in a situation in which they are retrenched. We all know how unemployment is high in South Africa. And I understand that in the last few months, one of them passed on the five that was um, uh, retrenched, but others were were, were were taken back. So if, if the, the board and the management should follow that up, one was in depression and all those things. We have been getting all those calls uh, from, the, from the employees of IDT. If if you the management and the board can follow all that up, I think, Minister, I've been uh, talking with you on all those issues. We would really appreciate if you could conclude that uh, those people had skill and they'd work at IGT, so they know so what is mm. happening there. they would be valuable for the for the for the entity. We appreciate what is being done by Akrema. I think Akrema is our shining star in all these entities in terms of the performance when it comes to audit and in terms of these innovations. We really appreciate that it has taken this direction that it now markets and is advertised so that it is known that we have this gem in our country. Thank you again, Minister and your team. Thank you, hon. members, for your robust um, discussions. We will then, on Friday, uh, look at our report um, and, and then adopt that report on Friday. Honourable members, if there are any issues that you have noted, and you feel that they may not be included in the report on Friday, you may then raise them uh, on, on Friday so that we adopt our report. So we will meet on Friday, honorable members. Thank you again. Uh, the
9: meeting is adjourned. Thank, Thank you, chair. chair. Thank you so much.
7: Thank you. Thank you, Chair, member. Thank you.
9: For- Recording yeah. stopped.
1: Yeah.